2022 is right around the corner and we're seeing real estate prices go up, rents go up. And so the big question is, is Airbnb still even worth it? We're gonna answer that for you right now here on the Fearless Investor channel. And I hope that if you agree or disagree that you'll comment down below. I believe true wealth cannot be measured by your income. It is instead measured by your availability of choices, especially the choice to live life on your terms. I also believe there are many ways to create wealth, but one thing is for certain, you have to have a laser focus on one path. My path, Airbnb, but I also believe in education and expanding your mind. Education helps you take off the blinders of life and see opportunities you never saw before. Join me on this journey of learning how to create wealth in Airbnb, real estate, and so many more investment strategies. Together, we can conquer the world of investing. My name is Kyle Stanley, and this is the Fearless Investor Podcast. It's crazy, right? As soon as COVID hit, we all thought that, man, real estate's gonna crash and you know the economy, because the economy is, is uncertain, so is real estate. But the exact opposite happened in most of the nation. Real estate prices went up, rents went up, and before we knew it, Airbnb was not being affected that much, but as an investor, as someone who was looking to buy a house, it became this big question of like, man, is Airbnb really worth it? I was actually just looking on a website the other day, dwellsy.com, and they said that the nationwide rent went up 9.6% in the last year. And as I dove even deeper, I found out that real estate prices nationwide have gone up 16.2% since 2020. That's crazy. Now, the good news is if you look on property analysis tools like AirDNA, for example, which you can get your account started by clicking on the link down below, you will see that these nightly rates have also gone up over the last year. But right now I'm gonna give you about five ways to really evaluate is this thing still worth it for you if you're looking to buy a home. Let's throw the numbers out for a second and talk about the first way which is, is this thing even legal where you're looking to buy? With short-term rental ordinances, coming into effect, some of them being lifted. There's a lot of things changing. For example, in Atlanta, back in about the middle of 2021, there was this huge ordinance that came out that was gonna ban all short-term rentals. Then a couple months later, as they took it to city council, it started to get a little bit more flexible. They're still talking about it today as we do this here in December of 2021. But I'm just using this as an example to show you that every city is changing their rules on short-term rentals on a pretty regular basis. Now let's get back to the numbers. The second way that you can can find out if this is really worth it for you is by getting into the market analysis. You've heard me talk about a lot, AirDNA and my free profit calculator are the best ways to get that. But if you really want the high level version of how to evaluate a market and evaluate a deal, you're going to want to get my market eval kit. That's on my website, fearlesskyle.com. It's under the Airbnb tab. Really easy. It's only 97 bucks and it could save you thousands and thousands of dollars to make sure that you don't make a mistake when buying a property. Basically what it's going to show you is how to not only figure out if this is legal in your city, but it's also going to show you how to figure out what is your nightly rate going to be, what is your occupancy going to be, and after all expenses, what will you net every month from that property? Now let's talk about some of the risk factors. This is the third way to know if this is really worth it in your area. To me, you want to have a three to one short-term to long-term rental gross revenue. So keeping that really simple, if you are thinking, hey, if I rented this place out as a long-term rental for $1,000, then as a short-term rental, you wanna be as close to $3,000 as an estimate for your monthly rent. 
That 3X number basically just means that you're gonna be making a lot more money, which is gonna help you to pay off all that furniture and all the initial expenses, uh, but it's also just gonna reduce your risk by making that much more money. The other part of the risk factor is, are you making 33% margins? That's my number that I like to look at and it tells me whether or not this is a risky deal or not. So you're netting $1,000 off of the gross of 3,000. Now why that's important, why you wanna be at 33% or higher is because that just means that you're breaking even earlier in the month. If you have to be really high occupancy, which means that your margins are gonna be really low, that's really a much riskier deal. What if another COVID happens? What if you have a slow season? What if your place has to get shut down for a week because there's maintenance? That becomes a big risk factor that is gonna be really tough for you to find a profit. The fourth way that I would evaluate this as being worth it is, do you have that backup plan as a long-term rental? Are you going to make money as a long-term rental on this place if you ever have to remove the short-term rental exit strategy? So don't buy places that if you have to do as a long-term rental, you're gonna be losing money every single month. If your mortgage is $1,000, you better make sure the rent on a long-term rental in that area is at least 1,200 bucks. And the last way, is there a possibility that you can do a value add to that property? Here's what I mean. If there's a detached garage, if there is a second living area, if there is a huge backyard, you can either add rooms or add units on that property to create more cash flow. This is one of my favorite things to do at a property. I'll go into a house and I see a three bedroom, but it's got two living rooms. And I say, man, how can we either close off one of those living rooms and turn it into a fourth bedroom, or maybe turn that second living area into like a den or a game room. Or I'll go and say, okay, I've got a detached garage. There's the water. It's right by the garage. Man, I can turn this into a studio and be renting out both units and be making money off of both units, even though I bought it as a single family home. Now, of course, there's permitting processes with that, and you'll want to look to your city to see if that's even allowed, but that's also a good opportunity to ask the city, hey, what about tiny homes? Can I add a tiny home on this property? It's got a huge backyard. What does that process? look like and now maybe you've got an extra two or three thousand dollars of cash flow because now you have a tiny home on your property now with all this being said one other way that you can just reduce your risk is by not owning the property now I love owning properties so don't take this as don't own properties but what I'm saying is if you want to reduce your risk why not go and do arbitrage or co-hosting where you either rent or manage for someone else and you get the benefits of the cash flow without the problems of owning the property. Now, lucky for you, there's this YouTube channel called The Fearless Investor. I don't know if you've heard of it, but it has all this information on Airbnb arbitrage and co-hosting that you can learn absolutely for free. So just subscribe to this channel, keep on expanding your knowledge on the ways that you can do Airbnb. And if nothing else you've learned today, the five ways on how you can really start mitigating your risk if you're looking to buy an Airbnb. Now go out there, take this advice and conquer the world of Airbnb. We'll see you next time.